Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. We begin the Friday edition of Big Bets here on VSIN. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw at South Point Casino and Hotel. We have another great Friday show for, for you, sir, and for me today. We're going to have Nick Whalen's going to join us in hour number two from Rotowire Senior Analyst there, get Nick's thoughts on the NFL card this weekend and the NBA. And then a real treat for yours truly, Lawrence Holmes. I call him the king of Chicago. Lawrence is going to join us to give it. We were talking just you, me, and Kelly about Justin Fields and how he looks, and I thought, you know what? we got to catch up with LWH back there in the Chi-Town. Nobody breaks down this football team better than Lawrence does in the Windy City, so we'll get his thoughts on what we think we might see from the Bears going forward. Yeah, with all due respect to Lawrence, I thought the king of Chicago was the sausage king, Abe Froman. Abe Froman <laughs> yeah, exactly. for always be, <laughs> and then Abe's best line, I weep for the future. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the guy says. <laughs> One, if I'm going to go down, it's not going to be good to a guy like that. <laughs> so we'll get to Lawrence and uh, Nick Whalen in hour number two. I'm not saying the World Series is over because this series has gone topsy-turvy here, but the last two going the way of the Strohs. And by the way, what a baseball game that was last night. Like, forget which side you might have had. And Strohs cashed the ticket. I mean, an unbelievable catch in the ninth inning uh, to secure that win for the Strohs. They were up 3-1. Phil's battled back, make it 3-2 in the eighth, and then the dramatics in the ninth. Boy, it does feel like, though, the pendulum has swung now. We will go back to Houston for a game six uh, tomorrow, potentially game six on Sunday. Amal, if you're the guy who didn't hedge on the $50 wager that me, you, and Ben Falks have been talking about for the last couple weeks now, now he's sitting in the catbird seat. Now he's going, all right, I'm set to cash $125,000 if the Astros win one of the next two games. 
Would you still tell that person now? It's actually a better opportunity to hedge now in the Phillies than it was before the season our series even began. What is the series price at right now? Got to look at the overall series price, Kelly, if you have it now. But I got to assume. Again, it's got to be, it's it's gotta gotta be $3. To, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, minus 550 now. So you, if you now hedge on the wow, Phillies plus four, look at that. I mean, I didn't think it'd be that big. I didn't either. But plus 450 if you wanted to back, now hedge on the Philly side because he's got the ticket. He's sitting in the catbird seat with that Astros ticket. Would you then hedge now knowing this is – well, you could, you could put $1,000 on it and get back almost five grand. Well, listen, Hawk Harrelson, since we're going with all Chicago references here in the catbird seat. Um, you get know, the corn. <laughs> exactly. Look, I tend to play a more conservative approach in these types of things. Dave, it is not out of the realm of possibility. We saw Philadelphia come back from up down 5 nothing yes. in game one. You get to a game seven, anything can happen. I mean, we saw it happen with Houston against the Washington Nationals in the mm-hmm. series where a team won every game on the road. We saw it with the Dodgers against the Astros in Game 7. You thought the Dodgers were in a great pole position to be able to win that World Series. Didn't work out because of that. You know, you, you could sit there and put a simple 10K on it. You get 45000 back on the uh, Phillies. You know, it's up and to you. And you get 115000 if the yeah, Astros win. Uh, if it were me, I'd go fifteen. On the plus four fifty, you're looking at sixty seven thousand five. House money, baby. It's you know you're you're a little bit better than half, you know for the fifteen. But look, I, I will say this: I think a lot of times when people don't hedge in these situations, it's one of two reasons: you're either extremely wealthy and the money's irrelevant to you, or the other reason is you don't have the means to hedge. I'm, I'm just calling spade a spade, man. Yeah, but I, I mean, well, I think even that's like you always lay out great reasons for hedging, and you're right. We get in these conversations a lot. People don't like to hedge. People do like to hedge. This is a different situation. Oh, man. This is an exacta uh, of this World Series outcome without a $50 bet at, w- at what ridiculous odds that he's getting. 2500 $2,500. Anything. No matter what, whatever you can get down them all, you get down in a situation I, like this. You yes. know, I, I, Kelly made a great point, and look, there's enough people, if you're in the books, you can go around, like I remember a kid had uh, Auburn at 160 to 1 or something like that, something crazy when they played Florida State. Remember mm-hmm. they had a loss, yeah. he bet them afterwards. And I remember I ran into a friend of mine, a friend of mine goes, listen, man, why didn't you come to me? I would have I given you money to hedge, would have worked out a deal percentage-wise. You can find people. You can that- find people. And, and look, you're not asking for a million dollars. You know, you're sitting there saying, hey, look, this is what I've got. You show somebody the ticket, they can go verify the ticket, and you, you sit there and you go, okay, tell you what. I want to bet half the money on this to be able to win, guarantee myself a profit of fifty, sixty thousand dollars Can you imagine? Let's be realistic here. Oh, man. If this, apparently, and I'm projecting here, but let's say this money matters, right? The 125000 What is the level of depression you have on Sunday night if somehow Philadelphia wins game six and seven? Exactly. Well, here's the deal, gents. You look at game six, Zach Wheeler's going. It's a small price tag, plus twenty for the Phillies and the money line. So, again, you're going to plus 450 to win the next two games. If you can beat uh, Valdez here in this situation with your ace, Zach Wheeler, fully rested, ready to go now, down 3-2, and then all of a sudden you get to that game seven, what do you think that number's going to be then? It's, it's going to be a one-game scenario. It's going to be a one-game scenario, and you, you talk about pressure. Oh, man. I mean, it's I, – I'll tell you what irritated me last night, though. When Marsh came to the plate with runners at the corners and one out, I'm like, this guy has to bunt. This guy is a human fan. I mean, he was a prohibitive favorite to strike Among, out. Nobody bunts anymore. But, Dave, the way they were playing defensively, they were far— I, I'm agreeing with you, by uh, the way. No, I know you are. But they're far. They're back enough where you can lay down that bunt. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's going to be a tough execution in terms of getting a runner at home. Um, you get 
chances are you probably are safe at first base because they're coming home. I, I'm telling you, the risk is worth the reward. Then all of a sudden you put Schwarber in a position where he's got he's to get a base hit. Yeah. Mancini made a nice play, but still, uh, to me, it, it's just one where I, I'm like, you got to bunt. Take your chance. Make them make the perfect play. And this is what I'm always referring to in case you missed the game last night. This was in the bottom of the eighth. They've already chipped away at the lead. It was a 3-1 deficit. Then it's 3-2. You got runners at the corners with only one out. Yeah. So you got a real shot here, right? And, and look, John Smoltz talked about it uh, a lot in game uh, game four, I believe it was, when the Strohs hadn't scored Correct. in about 14 innings. And then you saw a bunt attempt. And as Smoltz said on the broadcast, because that's not a bunt attempt. That's a jab. You're jabbing the baseball because nobody practices bunting anymore. And sometimes small ball can save your butt when you're really in a, in a situation like this to, and save your season. It really can. So I know it's a long-lost art. I know there are people out there right now, nails on a chalkboard, go, oh, my goodness, small ball is dead. Nobody does this anymore. Well, it should be a practice for certain hitters in a lineup. If they're not good at get, hitting the other way and, and getting that base hit, if you can do the bunt, and you're an 8-9, eight, 7-8-9 nine, nine hitter, you can really help out your ball club. Well, the Dodgers have won one World Series in 35 years. They use analytics to the point where they're paralyzed. There's a reason why they don't win more. Yep. Because, to me, if somebody's willing to put the ball in play, play small ball, you got a great shot to win the game. Bryson Stott's on third base. He's got good speed, right? I think he had 12 steals on the year, maybe, or 10 or 12 steals caught four times. It's just ridiculous to me that you don't even try that because you take – it puts so much pressure on the defense. Yes. You've got to, you're, you're forcing the defense to make a play. Yeah. And, and again, you talk about not practicing bunting. The defense isn't, nasty, isn't always, again, practicing that same thing. Like, look, back in my day, in 86, Keith Hernandez was the best ever I've ever seen as a first baseman. I don't know how he's not in the Hall of Fame of cutting down the bunt. They don't yeah. practice that stuff anymore. So if you can lay down a bunt in a situation like Amal's referring to here, you're probably looking at a tie game. And or you've at least got to go ahead and run at second base. Correct. And the tying tying run at third. No question. So again, the Phillies they did they chose not to do that last night. They come up in the short end. Uh, by the way, I know we're not going to go. You know, like is it the greatest catch you've seen in center field in a ninth inning of a world? Oh, I mean, it was it was as good a play to potentially save that what could have been the tying run could have been as Smoltz on the broadcast could have been a. a Inside the park home run, if he doesn't come down with that, in center for the Strohs in the, in the ninth inning. I mean, that, that's a play we're going to see a lot. By the way, if Nelly Cruz could make a play against the Cardinals, <laughs> the Rangers are World Series champions. I mean, that's the difference between yeah. great outfielders versus well, some guys that don't Dave, play. I'll, I'll sum it up this way. I had the, uh, you know, I'm an NBA guy. on, uh, So I had two NBA uh, games going on two TVs. On the third TV was the uh, was the baseball game. And I was off my couch when I saw that catch. I, mean, I was like, whoa, what just happened there? That just seemed like a series uh, winning uh, catch right there. And, you know, it's funny, Kelly, and we talked about it yesterday in the show for MVP, and I said yes. Yesterday, is it to be determined for Houston if they win? Now, that catch can't win you the MVP. I understand that. But my goodness now, look at the MVP. Because, look, we all wanted to give this to Bryce Harper. Look how he's drifted in the market. He's plus 950 now. And now, didn't you tell me, did you have a ticket on Jeremy Pena before the series started? I did, I did not. I thought we had, you would discuss Pena. But, boy, at, at plus $1.05, you know, you know who did on the network? Sean King. Oh, I'd nice. done the show with Sean a week ago, and Sean dabbled on Jeremy Pena, and I thought, wow, that's an interesting choice. Look at him now. The well, shortest favorite on the board at plus $1.05. Well, he's 6 he's six or 12 in the series with a homer. I mean, uh, previous game, he was instrumental in winning that game, but you got to give McCormick credit because a lot of the outfielders would have played the ball off the wall. Yes. I thought the risk was worth the reward there because you knew Harper was coming up, so I thought it was a great play by McCormick. 
makes a tremendous play, and, and that was the difference in that one. It really was. And now, you know, Valdez at 7-1 to one is interesting to me here in the MVP market because, again, he's going to go, and we already know what he did the first time out. So if, if let's just say hypothetically, what would it take for a Valdez to usurp a, a Jeremy Pena at this stage to be MVP? Would it be he's got to go out there and shove for seven innings, you know, He'd have to be, shut up all. He'd have to become a more prominent English speaker. Ah. I'm just saying. It would help. Pena, look, Pena's had a tremendous series so far, but if Amber pitches like he did in game uh, three, or I'm sorry, two, two game two. Um, right after they had lost, they yeah, yeah, yeah. won the 5 nothing lead in Verlander's first time. It, it would be a situation where I think you would see him be able to potentially, if he goes six innings, gives up no runs, I think he's going to be the uh, MVP. Ooh, so maybe uh, it's 7-1, not a bad I price think it's point. a great bet on Valdez. Yeah, and also, by the way, we mentioned it yesterday, Kelly, uh, Justin Verlander. Plus $1.70. There we go. And we said, if you like the Strohs, take the value on Verlander at the plus $1.70 versus laying the small price tag on the Strohs to win the game. Look, with all due respect to the Phillies, they've had a great postseason run. And even though Verlander struggled and scuffled a bit, I thought he would bounce back and pitch better, and he did, and he gets the win last night. You know, he, he wasn't elite, but no. he was very effective. And that's he, was, what you, he was a cagey veteran. Now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he got around for five innings, got it yeah. done. By the way, kudos to the Phillies for playing the Rocky music whenever they get two strikes. That's like my favorite thing. Ding! Ding! When we come back, I'm going to get much more into college football as we get ready for the docket tonight and on Saturday. And again, hour number two, Nick Whalen and Lawrence Holmes are going to join us to talk all things NBA and NFL. Just getting started. Big bets here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. 
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything VEASAN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. Get VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl. Plus, get our upcoming college basketball, college bowl, and Super Bowl betting guys. Give yourself an edge. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to get your $99 midseason special today. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Back alongside of Moshaw, Dave Ross here on Big Bets on VEASAN. Uh, before we get into the college football slate, I do want to say, you know, it just kind of, I saw today on social media the passing of Dave Butts the former defensive tackle for the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins back in the 80s. And, uh, you know, Ray Guy had passed away yesterday right. uh, out here. Of course, legendary Oakland and L.A. Raider. Uh, and, of course, it just made me think of growing up them all and watching, say, that Raider Super Bowl against, ironically, the Washington Redskins at the time. And if people remember that game, they think about Marcus Allen and the great uh, reverse skate, one of the best touchdown runs you've ever seen in the Super Bowl. But what I do remember from that game was Ray Guy, when the game was still in the balance, I believe it was 10-9 to 9, if I can remember correctly, and the, and the punt's going to go over his head. It's going to go over 1,000 punters out of 1,000 times. Correct. And Washington's going to get a touchdown or at least who knows where the ball stops, and they're going to take the lead. And not only does he show how athletic that a, a punter could be <laughs> like Ray Guy. Yeah, look at those ups. I mean, th- that's one of the sickest photos you'll, you'll ever see. And not only does he bring it down, but he pins Washington deep, and then they go on to the route, and it starts at that point. And then the other picture you're seeing is of Dave Butts, and it's the last photo of the last game he ever played. And I saw Joe Theismann tweet about Dave Butts today, and he talked about riding in the car with Dave Butts on game days and practices, and he said, like, what an honor it was to be in his proximity. It had nothing to do with wins and losses and the battles that guy went up against Tom Rafferty in the trenches uh, for, for the old you know, Cowboy Redskin games in the, in the early uh, late 70s and early 80s. But it, it, you know, it was my love for the NFL, and it's, it's pe- because of people like that, whether I rooted for them or against them, but you learn how to appreciate just how much it meant to these guys. And Ray Guy, obviously, is in the Hall of Fame. Yep. So people will be talking about him and, hey, who was this guy? That's who he was, the most athletic punter I'll, I think I've ever seen to this date. And you just forget of what these guys actually accomplished in order for us to be talking about the NFL and gambling in, in the space that we are today. Yeah, absolutely right. And to me, uh, you know, you mentioned Ray Guy. There's two punters that come to mind as the best ever. Ray Guy, number one for me, Shane Leckler, uh, was tremendous as well. And unfortunately, Dave Butts today passed away on his 72nd birthday. Uh, but I, I remember on that offensive line, Joe Jacoby, Dave Butts, and Mark May. Well, I mean, you know, Butts is playing on the other side, but yeah. he, with, with the Hogs there, you mentioned it. They all played in the same era to, to help Gibbs when he got there uh, coming over from San Diego. But, like, I, I just remember 
the helmet that Butts wore and how it was just all banged up and beat up and he never got it changed because he liked it. It was like a badge of honor. And I know the nation's capital, a lot of those people there are thinking about Dave Butts and his family and, of course, uh, th- those members that you mentioned from the Hogs and Joe Theismann and all. Like, it's just a lineage that's been passed on from generation to generation. We have Rick Doc Walker on this program a lot. I can't wait the next time to get his thoughts on Dave Butts, uh, a guy he knows very well from his playing days. So just thinking of those, uh, those teams and those family members today. Let's get on to uh, college football a little bit. We do have a Friday slate uh, that I wanted to touch your, your brain upon here today. I look at UConn and I go, are they good? Like, can you, can you actually make a case? And they could be bowl eligible by the end of this year. And now, this is not basketball. UConn is laying 16 in a D1 college football game against UMass. The total, by the way, 40. I tell you, first of all, UMass has been just an absolute disaster, but Connecticut is not a team I would want to lay 16 points with. <laughs> Look, you've got to have a strong opinion on this one. If you do, take it. If not, just move on. This is not a game I want any involvement with. But did you see this coming from UConn at all? That they would, I'm not saying they're relevant, but no, it but is They've been amazing. much more competitive, right? right? They, they held BC to three points last week. That team continues to struggle. Uh, and good opportunity here in, in a – Underrated rivalry for people not from the Northeast in New England are unfamiliar with this, but definitely a rivalry across various sports. Yeah, I, I look, it's it's absolutely amazing to see uh, what's been turning around there at UConn. So at least, at least in the short term, I just can't believe in 2022 they're a 16-point favorite over anybody. Duke against Boston College. You mentioned BC losing to UConn a week ago, and now tonight, Friday night, Duke's going to go up there to Chestnut Hill. What do you make of the uh, post-David Cutcliffe era with the Blue Devils? I, I like Duke here in this one. They played well for the most part throughout the course of the season. The problem with right now with BC is they just can't score. Dave, they have not scored uh, really uh, effectively from an offensive standpoint. They haven't scored more than 20-plus points in several weeks. They, they continue to struggle. I like the Blue Devils here coming off of, I just mentioned, BC playing that game against yeah. UConn uh, at Rensselaer. They only scored three points. I'll go with the Blue Devils here. This line has gone up to 11 in some spots. I would still take it uh, up at uh, – Tonight up at Chestnut Hill. Again, this is 2022. UConn's laying 16. Duke's laying 10 and a half, 11 on the road. I mean, we're in like bizarro world times that this is actually happening. But I'm with you. The only way I could play that game would be the Blue Devils. Oregon State against UW tonight. So look at this small line here. We know how frisky those Beavers can be. Yeah. Uh, will they be frisky enough? Would you take those four and a half? Or would you lay it with the with UW? You know, Schmidt's done a tremendous job. This team has really had good success this year in the last couple of years. But I, I got to tell you that this twenty third ranked Beavers team, both teams six and two, Washington quietly also putting a nice season together here under Kalen DeBoer in his first year. Penix has been tremendous. Leads college football in passing yards. Dave, I think that's going to be the one problem for Oregon State. I don't know if they're going to be able to slow down Penix in terms of how he's able to move the football. Can Washington capitalize when they get in the red zone? Looking forward to this game tonight. Uh, I would go with the dogs here at home, Huskies. Okay, if you like UW and you mentioned the red zone, that's Mm going to play into that total of 54. Yeah. Because if you're kicking more field goals, we know which way this is going to go. If they can excel in that red zone, probably a much better chance of covering and maybe possibly going over. Can Can the Beavers score enough to keep up? Well, I, I think they can potentially, but if the game's higher scoring, I think it favors Washington. Mm-hmm. You look at this Huskies team the last couple of weeks. Now, they only put up 28 at Cal. Previous to that, they put up 49 at Arizona, 40, uh, 38 at ASU, 32 at UCLA, 40 against Stanford, so 39 at home against Michigan State. We know this team could score. I just don't know if Oregon State can keep pace. Washington State tonight, uh, 
you know, I, I love when the Huskies are good. Seattle really probably the best support of any collegiate team in a professional city. Now, the Rams are back in L.A., so they, they, you still have the support. But you see UCLA is not drawing a ton. USC is still not selling out. So we'll see what happens long term. I want to get to some news and notes. And, and of course, there was one Thursday night game last night where the Eagles win. They don't cover. Mm-hmm. They went 29-17. Uh, by the way, if the if you closed at 45 in some shops on the yeah. total, the uh, Texans jumped off sides on an extra point attempt, which Nick Sirianni, good on you. I think you did the right thing. You said, all right, no, no, no. We're going to go for it. They go for two from the one, easily get it. And all of a sudden, that total goes over. This game was tied midway through the third quarter until Davis Mills threw one of the worst picks you're going to see in quite some time. Lovey Smith said this after the game. He expects Brandon Cooks – to return to the team on Friday, he was held out of Thursday's game. And I believe Kelly had the official report yesterday. He was held out. Kelly, what was the official term? <laughs> pouting. He was out, uh, held he was out, out of pouting. pouting. I mean, they should put that in there. Cooks out <laughs> pouting. But he's back now. He's done. Now he's back. He's all cried out. He's all cried out. He watched a good movie last night, boosted his spirits. He's going to be He's gonna be back just fine. But, but before he did that, gentlemen, you know what he did? He took to Twitter. And he said, y'all are screwing with my career now. Like, do you, do you know? so you're going to now put it back on the organization that it's their fault they didn't trade you while you sit out for pouting? So I'm a very vindictive kind of guy. <laughs> Let me tell you what I would do. I would, I would play him, and I would tell Davis Mills, if you throw a pass in his direction on the one route he's in the game, you're not going to play. Wow. And then as soon as he gets that one game played, no catch, I would sit him, and I would do that every game. And until he <laughs> – and you know what? He's going to complain. And then after he complains, I'm not going to pay him conduct detrimental to the team. I, it's just bizarre to me. We're watching a football game last night, which, by the way, was winnable. It was, it was winnable let, for the Let Texans. me tell you. They Amal, had no you make wide receivers. Block. That's huh? what you do. You put him in oh, just no, 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 because that's good film on tape. You know, that's good film on tape. <laughs> let me tell you, everything. Uh, listen, Ohio State doesn't recruit guys if they can't run block. Right. And, and so for me, all I'm saying is I want to make this guy. I, I can tell you right now, I would love to own an NBA team or a team because there would be no flat earthers on my team. I don't care if that's your theory. Just that stupidity would not exist. The Brandon Cooks of the world, you're being paid extremely well and you're complaining. This is a young team that's struggling. Come on, give me a break. This is the reason why this cancer has been on 90 different teams in the last few years. It is, it's just amazing when you watch the game last night. And, again, if you had a t- Texans ticket like I did, you sweated it out. You got home. But, you know what, Brandon Cooks could have made a big difference last night in a winnable football game, which could have had you know, a little lasting impression in the NFC had the Eagles been upset last night. All those little tentacles that Brandon Cooks doesn't think about, but a lot of other people certainly think about in this space. And it was they, they didn't have any wide receivers last night, and somehow they kept it within the number and, again, had it tied at halftime and tied midway through the third quarter. So the over does cash, uh, and the Texans do cash, getting that 13-and-a-half, 14. But it got dicey there at the end. By the way, you mentioned the Flat Earth thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a Netflix uh, documentary about Flat Earthers. Do you know who's in it? Kyrie Irving. And me. I made it somehow. They clipped something years ago. Really? Oh I was my being God. facetious. Someone find this clip for me now. I was being facetious about Flat, about flat Earth and Kyrie and Shaq, if you remember, and I said... What if Kyrie's right? What if Shaq is right? Maybe the Earth, and I was kidding, totally kidding. And they put me in the thing.
Oh, I will have that for Monday show. <laughs> I will find that one. Is it, what'd you say? It's on Netflix. Ross. It's on Netflix. I, I'm like one of the three people on the planet that doesn't have Netflix or Facebook. A comic sent it to me. And he goes, "I'm either really high or I just saw you in a flat Earth documentary." <laughs> We're gonna come back and talk more college football next on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Visa's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Easton Big Bets is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. If you're a smoker or a dipper who's tried making a change, and no one would blame you for thinking that all nicotine pouch products have one thing in common, they don't work. Well, they're either too complicated to use, they don't provide the satisfaction you're looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Unlike other forms of nicotine, Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco-leaf-free. Its upper lip pouch means you don't have to spit, so dippers, you can throw away those spit bottles. And smokers, you might be surprised to learn that Zen offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Plus, Zen is low profile enough to enjoy anywhere, anytime. You might be surprised how simple and satisfying Zen really is. So buy Zen online or find a store near you at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. We continue Big Bets on the Friday edition of, which means... We got a lot of college football to break down uh, before the end of the show. I do want to get your thoughts on a surprising team, I think, in the ACC would be what Mac Brown's got going down there in Tobacco Road and uh, with those Tar Heels. Now, they're going to go on the road and take on the Cavs. This is not your George Welsh Cavaliers anymore, how the mighty have fallen from yesteryear. But now the Cavaliers are getting seven and a half at home. They've been absolutely dismal this year offensively. Is this a trick spot for Carolina on the road in Charlottesville? Uh, I don't think so. This UVA team is bad. Uh, they haven't scored more than uh, 25 points against an FBS team. They've only done that against Richmond in week one. Mm-hmm. They really struggled. They scored six points in regulation against Miami. They put up a – they doubled that in overtime. Very impressive. They got to 12. So, really an offensive – just more, two more field goals. Yeah, absolutely. Just an absolute avalanche of points there. But – UNC, the number ticking up, Dave. I'm not surprised by this one. I like this one at seven. It's still taking it at seven and a half. Drake May's been incredible this year. Yeah. Uh, not getting enough Heisman run, but UNC's going to have an opportunity to make their statement the first Saturday in December if they continue on this path to play Clemson in the ACC championship game. So good opportunity for, for the Heels. Uh, we'll see what happens with them. I got to be honest. I, I thought coming into the year, I like Armstrong a lot, the, the signal caller for Virginia. Is it just he doesn't have anything around him, or has he been part of that offensive problem? You know, to me, uh, it's the lack of catching the football, lack of offensive play. Oh, man, so many drops. Oh, oh, my God. The number of drops have been unbelievable. Keaton Thompson, the Mississippi State transfer, was the quarterback there. Yeah. He's been ineffective at times. And, by the way, that offensive line has been like a car wash. It has. So, uh, the only way to play would be Carolina or pass? Yes, absolutely. Okay, seven and a half right now for the Tar Heels on the road. We've talked a lot about it this week. It's a big game here, obviously, for TCU. You keep waiting for the pitfall for TCU, right? And now – Horn Frogs are going to lay eight and a half on the uh, at home rather against T Tech here. Red Raiders come calling. You know, again, I think this is one of those game scripts where you think if Tech can't slow down TCU, you see that total of sixty nine. You know, Horn Frogs could hang forty on them. But if they can hold them to field goals here, you wonder if TCU's defense, which can be beatable at times, if Texas Tech can make this a ball game and keep it inside the number. Yeah, this could be an interesting game. I'm not playing this game, but I'm looking forward to seeing this matchup. Good opportunity for TCU to continue their winning ways. They've got back-to-back difficult road games coming up at Texas, at Baylor. So you got to get this one against the Raiders uh, in this one, the Red Raiders. So 
They should be able to get it done at home, though. I'm looking at their schedule now, okay, and we got all green on mm-hmm. the left side with wow. those six straight wins, and then two more to boot. So you're 8-0 oh here. You got Texas Tech at home. Then you go to Texas, to Texas at Baylor. So at Texas, at Baylor, feels like a mini gauntlet. And then at home against, you should think, a beatable Cyclones team from Iowa State. Is Texas Tech, excuse me, is TCU going to go undefeated and be uh, maybe upset the apple cart for the college football playoff? Well, look, if you're undefeated, I don't think they're upsetting anything. To me, this team deserves the credit and the recognition, but it's unfortunate somehow the college football playoff, I don't know what the hell these guys are looking at. They have Alabama ranked ahead of them. Alabama's best win is against Texas. That was, would they win by two points in that game? And they're going to mm-hmm. go to Texas. They're going to play like Texas. Exactly did. right. And, and I'll tell you right now, that's going to be the game that's going to determine really a lot for TCU. Uh, they've got a tough five games coming up. The, yeah. These four games in the Big 12 championship game, assuming they get there. But, you know, this offense has been consistent. They've scored at least 38 points in every game this year. You look at Ohio State hasn't done that. Now, uh, Tennessee has been better than that. They've been incredible offensively. But consistency has been the hallmark of this team all season long. Really played well offensively. Dykes is a tremendous coach. We see the impact he's had in one season getting things turned around. Uh, But... This, this is interesting. I, I cannot wait till that matchup in Austin next weekend. Let, let's just say hypothetically mm-hmm. that they run the table. Yes. And obviously that would mean beating Texas in Austin by at least one, which is what Alabama did in Austin. And if Bama has one loss and they run the, run the table and they're undefeated, you can't put Alabama ahead of no, them. No, no, no. They win their next five games. They don't have to worry about anybody else or anything else they're in. The only question would come in is their seating because you'd have a Big Ten and SEC, uh, potentially Clemson, and Clemson could be the one team that – Clemson and TCU are the two teams that can keep the big uh, the SEC from getting two teams in. So Alabama's big-time Longhorns fans coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny. Well, Alabama controls their own destiny. Okay. They run they but, but, run the table they're in. Okay, so they run the table, text, and, and TCU runs the table. You think they're both in? Yes, because Alabama would get in by virtue of winning the SEC. Okay, so there it is, folks. They're not really that concerned, Alabama backers, of seeing if TCU could stumble against Texas. But interesting there – if they run the table in your eyes, they're in. There are seven teams right now, Dave, that control their destiny. TCU, Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee. Woo! Getting exciting. Florida against Texas A&M. These two teams will not be in the discussion for the college football playoff. Boy, Jimbo. I mean, it just feels like every week he's getting beaten up on. And look, some of this you bring it upon yourself when, you know, you make some statements like you make and – don't necessarily back it up on the field. You got all those five stars, and they have not panned out this this year at least. Florida's recruiting is just not as good, let's be honest, as it is the other uh, upper echelon here in the SEC. What about this matchup on Saturday? 55-and-a-half is the total. Aggies going to lay three at home. Well, I, I like them in this spot. I think they should be able to take care of business in this game at home. Um, A-Chain's been outstanding, one of the best running backs in college football. Mm-hmm. Uh Connor Wegman wasn't too bad. Uh, can they get some consistency from the defense? The defense has dropped off a little bit. We saw that on the road game against Mississippi State. We saw it in the home game against Ole Miss. They've got to be a little bit more consistent there, but I think Florida's got too many issues. Yep. Anthony Richardson's a tremendous talent, but other than that, they don't have anybody else stepping up. Uh, you know, I thought Brandon Shorter would have a little bit better career down here in Gainesville than he has when he transferred in from uh, Penn State, but... I'm going to go with the A&M Aggies here at home, and uh, this is an important game. By the way, I, I saw an article, which is interesting, on SI. They're talking about Jimbo potentially going to get fired. I'm like, I didn't realize Jeff Bezos was an A&M alum. <laughs> a lot of money you got to pay him on the way out if you want yeah. to i got to tell you right now, it's Texas. You can always meet with an accidental. Accident. <laughs> uh, 
also says money left over after buying the Commanders. Yeah, plenty, right. that's what they say there. Like, let's bring Bezos in there. Apparently, it's Bezos and Jay Z talking about maybe purchasing the uh, the Commanders. Well, I'm sure they hang out a lot. It's well, by the way, I love when they always put this one person in there, like you know, A. Rod was going to buy some team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is he an owner with the Minnesota Timberwolves now? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right. like, what does he have? The one, two, or three percent? I mean, like something like that. But the remember the 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 most comical situation of that was within the day uh, when the uh, Stephen Ross. I almost said Dave Ross. The yeah, Stephen Ross suspension occurred, and it was the one guy under him. Shakira was somehow the majority stakeholder in the team at that point it's when they fault. were both suspended. Because Shakira, Fergie, a, Fergie I'm sorry, thank you. Oh, I was going to say, if ah. Shakira makes sense, she's got a lot more money than these people. She's a global superstar. The best part <laughs> when A. Rod got minority ownership with the T Wolves is when Anthony Edwards didn't know who he was. That made me laugh. Well, I, I, always, I have to tell you, I do have a problem the fact that he's on the MLB broadcast, though. Oh yeah. Listen, you are you are substantiating the fact that a guy got suspended for cheating, and it's not a problem. Uh, the bully, I think, is what they call it on the street. I don't know what that means. That's when A-Rod did his uh, infamous 60 Minutes. Uh, what do they call it? The, the bully. Bully's what they call it. Oh. <laughs> the needle. Uh, Kentucky got absolutely got their doors blown off last week Ooh. in Tennessee. Might be an understatement still. Now they got to try to lick their wounds in a pick'em scenario against Miz- Mizzou. Is Mizzou Mafia going to be happy? Are they going to get a, another win in the SEC, a rare win in the SEC over Kentucky? This is an interesting game, crucial for both sides here. Uh, Missouri's played far better than I thought they would this year. They've done a really nice job. They had the win against South Carolina, held the Gamecocks to 203 total yards in that game. This Missouri team is, uh, Brady's been okay at quarterback, but Will Levis, I don't understand. Are you going to continue to draft quarterbacks that are terrible in college, but because they look the part, they, they have the physical ability? You know, how did Mitch Trubisky work out? Can I answer like, like we were in a court of law? Well, you know, we were, yeah, please do. Yes. <laughs> they will because they're going to go, oh, my goodness, the, the guy's got the measurables, right? I, Forget I about am, the resume in college. We'll fix them in the pros. Listen, I'm still waiting for a player to come on the field in a wife beater and shorts and run the 40. <laughs> I love the annual dog and pony show in Indianapolis. They all look great until they put on the pads. By the way, why the hell do they insult us by having that blowhard Rich Eisen run the 40? Oh, my God. They should come out there with a sundial for didn't him. He, didn't he, like, blow an Achilles doing that once or I something? I don't know. I believe so, yeah. A hammy. And Rich, we all get old. It's funny, Amal. Lighten up. Come on. He, he's, he's another. If you he, watch me run the 40, you'd laugh your ass off. Come on. He's another one from the cesspool of the world. <laughs> Every Ohio State fan knows that reference. I wish you'd tell me what you really think. You know, I'm, I'm trying to come don't. out of my shell, Dave. Hey, you want me to be like everybody else? You know, well, you know, I think this guy's nice. Forget that Mamsie Pamsy crap. Just be honest. We don't have enough honesty. I'm setting up my campaign for city council and then mayor. Do you want me to just get on the stump for you and get out there? I, I, I got my manager. <laughs> truth. Unbridled truth. 100%. I, I'm only a one-term guy because they're not going to like the pure honesty. I, love I don't it. know. I heard you worked with a guy once who believed the uh, earth was flat. So. Uh, apparently there's a documentary <laughs> on it. There's proof on it. <laughs> We're back. More Big Men's College Football next. Peace. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app.
Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. All sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday hockey first goal insurance bet, Friday night college football bet, plus get Sunday football parlay insurance and much more. Head over to betrivers.com, download the Bet Rivers app today. It is a whole new ball game. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here as we continue on the Friday edition of Big Bets. Going to have Nick Whalen join us from Rotowire, the senior analyst there in hour number two. And then going to go to the Windy City, catch up with my buddy Lawrence Holmes. Can't wait to have LWH on the show to talk all things Bears. As you, Kelly, and I were just kicking it the other day, looking at Justin Fields. You know, we're kidding about Will Levis being a kid with measurables. And that's kind of what Trey Lance is. It's kind of what Justin Fields is. We're starting to see it out of Fields. I, I wonder if that's just going to be the no, new prototype, though. They, they go, Maul, give me the 6'4", 6'5", guy. Don't give me the Kyler Murray. Don't give me the Baker Mayfield. Don't give me the Zach Wilson. Stigma against the little guys. And I know because I've dealt with that my whole life. And we're going to go with the big kids and see if we can figure them out. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but Justin Fields had a great career at Ohio he did. State, right? I mean, he, he went to a college football playoff game and a college football championship Didn't game. Didn't like you to fix him. Yeah, I mean, Will Levis, holy cow. Man. I mean, he couldn't cut the mustard. He couldn't st- He couldn't play at Penn State. Have we seen the quarterback play there at Penn State? Not, not good. I just haven't seen it. Is the best one to come out of Penn State Kerry all- Collins and Todd Blackledge? All time, yeah, it would be, have to be Kerry Collins, right? Right, and Blackledge yeah. before him in yeah. that great quarterback class of yeah. 82. Boy, I'm old. I think 83. 83. I just, yeah, just wanted to say that. that was, yeah, that was the- I was saving the tweets coming at us. How do you not know that it was 83, not 82? Get old. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about college football on the slate on Saturday. 
Okie State is going to go to Kansas. Speaking about a team licking their wounds, too. My goodness, that game a couple weeks ago still resonates. Now Mike Gundy's going to go to Kansas, and this number has shifted a little bit here. It was Pickham. I think Okie State was uh, minus a point early. Now Kansas is laying a point here. Do you agree with this theme so far on Rock Chalk Jayhawk? Uh, I do not, but we could see uh, uh, Jalen uh, – Jaden Daniels back under center here for Kansas. I think that's why you're seeing some of that. I like Bean. He's been fine. Remember, this is a guy who's a 100-meter state champion in the state of Texas. He can flat-out fly. Mm. So when the quarterback gets into some space who's got, who's a very capable runner, he becomes dangerous. I think Oklahoma State bounces back. I, they got embarrassed. I mean, absolute one of the worst performances in the Mike Gundy era, if My not goodness. the worst ever. They were down 35 nothing at the break. Just did not get off the bus. They would have been better off staying in Stillwater and forfeiting the game. And against Case, yeah, that was ugly uh, last well last week in Little Manhattan there. So Gundy, this isn't a team that's hit the wall, and all of a sudden you get blown out like that. You think they can flip the switch back closer to what they were before that blowout? You know, I'll tell you what's unfair. And the SEC is the best conference of college football. And I, I you know, I'm an anti-SEC guy, but I, it, you got to be honest in terms of how you evaluate the leagues. Mm-hmm. I think the Big 12 has been the best league top to bottom in college football this year, but because they don't have big market teams and because of the failures of Oklahoma in the college football playoff, Texas has never made it there. This league does not get enough credit for how competitive it's been. And I think Oklahoma State, and you talked about it earlier with TCU, there is a gauntlet to run there. Yes, Iowa State and West Virginia are the bottom of this league. Oklahoma struggled. But there's not a single one of these teams you sit there and go, yeah, you know what? I'd like to go let play that game on, on the road against that team. TCU was in a dogfight in Morgantown. Yeah. We, we've seen Texas in a dogfight at home against Iowa State. I mean, none of these programs are bad. They're competitive. They're good teams. I think it's a tremendous league from a competition standpoint. Um, I won't play this game, but I like Okie Light here. The game of the day, it feels like it's going to go down in Athens, and that's going to be Tennessee against Georgia, of course. I saw on social media some books out here in Las Vegas are saying – they're going to need Georgia. That right now, the money, and we've seen the line move. Now, remember, it was 10, got down as low as 8. But look at this little small tick down back towards the Bulldogs at 8.5. Do you think that's still going to be the case before we get to the kickoff, that the books are going to need Georgia because all the Tennessee money coming in? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. When you look at it, this is the number one team in the country. They're catching 8.5. Their offense has been absolutely electric, mm-hmm. electric so far this season. And you have them as a nine-point underdog against the team that struggled against Kent State for two and a half quarters. That was in a tight, tight ball game in Como against Missouri. We talked about Missouri earlier. This is not a particularly strong team from a perception standpoint. I think Georgia's a great football team. But I can see why the money's been coming in on Tennessee. And here's the other thing, Dave. This is a big part of the equation. Nolan Smith. Yes. Probably the second best edge rusher in college football behind Will Anderson in Alabama. He is out. Torn pectoral muscle. We'll see you in the draft. He'll be a first-round pick. But he's gone. Now, Jalen Carter's coming back in the mix, who's another guy who could be a huge first-round pick, potential first overall for Carter. He's in the middle of that thing, but you need the edge. Smith is your best edge rusher. You are going against a quarterback who has been tremendous all year long, who's only thrown one interception in Hendon Hooker. This could be the Heisman moment for Hendon Hooker. This is a huge game. You go to Athens, win between the hedges, and he is the key cog in that. I think it's his Heisman trophy to lose. But with all that being said, I think Stetson Bennett has been tremendous. They've got the best tight end combination, and I'm thinking back in Miami. Remember when they had, uh, they had Shockey and Winslow in 2001? They were great. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, at the collegiate level, I've never seen a better combination of two tight ends than they've got here between um, Brock uh, Bowers yes. and Darnell uh, Darnell Washington, the six seven monster here out of Las Vegas Desert Pines. He's unbelievable. What are you laughing at over there, Florida no, State? I was gonna be. Like, I thought you were looking for help for a second. I was like, Brock, I could help you with. I have no idea who you're talking about. The on six the seven monster, <laughs> dude. This guy is the first team All Airport guy. He wow. walks off that plane. You go, who the hell's covering him? Hopefully he's a DN, oh one of our offensive line. Seven tight ends. Those used to be nose tackles. Well, first of all, Bowers runs like he's he, like yeah. he's a wide receiver. Okay, I mean Brock catches everything. He's a vacuum. You saw that tip ball last yeah. week. They they run him. Out. He's averaging like twenty plus yards on a carry on the jet sweep. He's unbelievable. These. And by the way, you got to give Georgia credit. Brock's out of Napa. Um, I just mentioned Washington's out of uh, Las Vegas. They go everywhere. They find these guys. They got dudes everywhere. It's funny. We talk about Alabama. Kirby Smart is putting a program together. If they win a national title this year. They got a chance to go on that USC, Miami, oh. Alabama type of run. That's back to back. Well, they, they've got dudes everywhere. And, and to me, the thing is, Stetson Ben is not getting enough credit. Jeff Monken has opened up this offense enough. Yeah. I like this Georgia team. And this is the biggest game between the hedges in 40 years. 60 to 1 for Stetson Bennett to win the, the Heisman. By the way, Henry Hooker now is a small favorite at minus $1.10. Yeah. I believe Tennessee money line is plus 240. So let me ask you a question. And remember, when they were playing Bama at home, yeah. they were getting about nine points. Mm -hmm. And now they're getting the same number at Athens. So I'm kind of with you on the Georgia side a little bit here. They, boy, I love those points when they were getting them against Bama. It's the same amount of points, but now you're going to Athens against a, maybe the best defense in college football. Would you rather play Tennessee at plus 240 versus Hooker at minus $1.10? I guess the question is, can they lose this game and Hendon Hooker still win the Heisman? Yeah, if he throws for three, four, five touchdowns, 300-plus yards, and they lose this game 45-42 in a similar fashion that Bryce Young and company lost, in my opinion, he can. I don't think the result of your team you know, not playing defense should be an indictment of Bryce Young. That's the number one example I continue to cite. But you look at Hendon Hooker, what he's been able to do, three touchdown passes in that game, five against Alabama. He did have one interception. I, I got to tell you what, though. To me, I hear your point on the plus 240, mm -hmm. and as good as Tennessee has been offensively, they've been tremendous so far this year. They did only put up 34 in that game against Pittsburgh. That's a little bit of a concern to me. And then remember, they got seven additional points in overtime. So I would point to the fact that I think George is very capable, even though this offense has been on fire the last three weeks, 52, 65, and 44. Um, I still think George is a more complete football team. Georgia has played in these big games, right? I know they lost a lot from last year's defense, but they are still an elite, elite football team. Okay, so that feels like the game of the week. Let's get to the real game of the week in college football. Syracuse against Pittsburgh. All so, I know is, thank God I didn't hear hokey, 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 <laughs> high, or whatever the hell he says. Like, he's, really good, he's really good at the hand motions. That's what, Dave, we got to put Dave Ross in the test. Like, what, how do the horned frogs go? And the, yeah, there Here's the, the frog. Wolfpack, the horned frogs. How do the wolf pack? The wolf, pack's, uh, the wolf pack is this. That's wolf pack. See, Dave can pass this test anytime, yeah. So the game of the week really is in Pittsburgh, uh, where they're going to play Syracuse is coming off two just tough beats against Clemson, and then the fight in Tim Murray's came up there, and Notre Dame took care of him last week. Now they're going to get whoosh, disrespect three and a half on the road against the Panthers. Is Q's done? Dino Babers, have they hit the no. wall? No, I, th I think they're in a good spot here. I like them in this game. I know they had two tough back-to-back -to -back games. I thought Notre Dame got off to that fast start with that pick six. Look, they played well enough to win that game against Clemson. Boy, now, that fumble before uh, the halftime or near the halftime 
was critical in that game. But I still think Cuse can run the ball. You've got to get Tucker the football. Let him run the football. If Sean Tucker can be effective on the ground, they got a chance. Don't really like Keaton Slovis. I think Schrader's the better quarterback in this game. I like Syracuse plus three and a half here. I do too. Uh, let's get to the pro tip of the uh, hour number one here. And again, we talked about it off the top here with the World Series. Instead of necessarily playing Houston here, because now the, the, the price tag's got a, gotten away at almost, what, $5 uh, to win the World Series, you might want to look at the MVP market for a guy like Framber Valdez. That if he has another great performance tomorrow night, like he had in game two, at seven to one, this could be a live play for MVP. Again, VEASAN Pro subscribers, all you have to do is sort, sort them out by show and by sport when you go to VEASAN.com. Coming back, talking NFL here on Big Bets on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Thank you. 